This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Bellator Society. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. It's Tracy Eddy and I have Fran joining me in Nashville, Tennessee. And if you watched our live stream on Wednesday, we are finishing our conversation with Christy Bentley, who is interviewing yours truly. And Fran's going to join the conversation for the second half of this podcast. So hello, ladies. Hello. Hello there. How are y'all? I've, I've been talking to you all morning, Christy. I know how you are. I know. <laughs> Y'all sounded great, by the way. I was loving the interview, and then the 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 internet crashed and it got cut off. But I'm really excited to finish the the interview here. So I'm I'm probably just going to be like a listener unless I have some like follow up questions. <laughs> I'm sure. Brain, <laughs> your mind kind of works like a um, you're a thinker, so I feel like you probably will have some follow up questions, and I feel like. You probably, you know, sometimes your friends know, know you a little bit better or they might remember things differently. So I think you're going to be yes. a value add to this conversation. Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Help me sound good, please, Fran. <laughs> Help me sound good. That's what friends are for. That's right. That's what friends are for. So where did y'all cut off? Well, where did y'all cut off on the on the live stream interview? I forget. Was it talking about saints? Well, that's where Satan cut us off, right? We were talking about the saints. Right. And what I did um, not tell you, Christine, and, is I'm sorry. Yeah. I, what what I didn't tell you, Christy, was that I was a very accommodating child when my mom said, "We have named you Saint Anne after Saint Anne." St. Anne should be your confirmation saint. And I just said, that sounds great to me. Well, when I had a child that I said, we named you after St. Rose, your middle name is St. Rose. Rose should be your confirmation saint. And without even hesitating, the child said, nope. <laughs> so I realized I had more authority over my confirmation saint maybe than I realized. Um, but no, my little one was like, yeah, mm-mm. And not digging it. And I'm like, no, St. Rose of Lima, like she's your patron, you know, her virtues and blah, blah, blah. And she, and she's like, no. And I said, okay. How about Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa is an amazing, strong woman, small woman, but a mighty faith. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. I think Padre Pio. And I'm like, well, that's a dude. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I really try to like, manipulate my kid to have a patron saint that she didn't feel a strong connection with. Um, and so I love how, again, the saints sort of, they do their thing. They find us. And um, I love St. Anne. So it's not like I have any regrets or anything like that, but I think it's so interesting to see how other people, even again, she was six years old at the time and she was like, yeah, Padre Pio, he's, he's my man. And um, yeah. she's had just such a great devotion to him ever since. So saints are so yeah. cool. 
Well, this is, this is obviously a story about Tracy, but I do want to say this, that Christy wrote a story about her own patron saint. Um, and that were, that's going to come up for the feast of the sacred heart in June and, uh, in Ju- July? Yeah. Is it July or June? No, it's June. It's June. June, it's June yeah. Nineteenth. I should know that because it's also my anniversary. I should always know <laughs> when the feast of the Sacred Heart is. <laughs> but Christy wrote a beautiful blog piece for us um, on that very topic about saint names, uh, confirmation saint names, and things. So um, yes. you guys have a lot in common in that regard. Oh, yes. And actually, a funny thing is that I picked my saint's name pretty much because of the name, uh, yeah. Margaret. Uh, was my it is my grandmother's name Mary Mary Teresa is my mom's name and so I was like oh it's my grandmother's name and my mom's name and I'm just gonna go with it and <laughs> then I realized who this woman was and um, it's just like beautiful how she has been my patron um, that's awesome you know when. I picked her with such simplicity. <laughs> so, hey, the, yeah. the Lord knew what what He was doing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I, I have more questions for you. Um, okay, let's do it. You know, one thing that um, that you left out of <laughs> of what you talked about <laughs> was um, I heard something about pageants uh-huh. I know you talked to my husband officially. <laughs> I was just wondering, um, um, he was so kind to, to talk about how like humble you are and, um, how, you know, you, you really don't like being in front of people, but how you, you stumbled upon this, uh, maybe because of your sister. So tell me the story. I want to know about the pageant. So when you grow up in the South, pageants are just part of the culture, <laughs> And a lot of little girls I knew always had sponge rollers in their hair on Saturdays because there was some pageant, you know, with really frilly dresses, really frilly cute socks. And um, I always, we wanted to be in them when we were little. And my mom was like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. That's not what we're about. And as, and then it kind of died down. But as we got older, she said, I wouldn't mind if you're in pageants, if it has some, if it can empower you or, or just have a benefit, you know what I mean? Not just to like walk across the stage and smile. And so the Miss America pageant system, um, it is really geared towards scholarships. Um, and my sister did very well in Miss Arkansas and basically paid for all of her college, paid for art lessons in Europe afterwards, um, because she was very talented and beautiful and blah, blah, blah. Um, yours truly. I, I never really did that. We love you, Carrie. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she was hot, whatever. <laughs> but for me, I was younger. I was three years younger. And so Carrie's first pageant, she was a freshman in high school. And that's, um, no, she, oh gosh, what, how long? She was a senior in high school, I think. Yeah, her first pageant, she was a senior in high school. And I was a freshman in high school. And um, it was the county fair, if you might know. And um, I won. And so it was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love this. Um, and Carrie, Carrie got like second runner up, I think. I was in the teen, she was in the miss. And then the next pageant we were in, um, Carrie won. And it was a prelim to the Miss Arkansas pageant. And that kind of took her career, you know, in that trajectory. Um, and I did like Arkansas's junior miss, I won. And, um, but it was, it was a high school thing. I really did not pursue it. I did not want to go to Miss Arkansas. I didn't really want to um, do that. It just wasn't my thing. Although it was really fun while it lasted and it helped definitely helped with interview skills and just 
kind of stage presence and confidence. And, um, but John, it's probably why he told you this when we were first talking, courting, dating, he did what probably many guys do. He Google searched me (laughs) (laughs) and this old picture came up on the internet (laughs) where I was on like a poster. It was like me and Miss Arkansas and like the, the Miss girl. And it was for like the upcoming pageant. And, you know, it was like the date and the time and, you know, join us Miss Washita River or something like that. And he gets this picture and he draws like a mustache on it and like (laughs) he just, he emails it to me at the white house and was like, do you know this person? And I'm like, Oh, followed me so yeah he's had some fun with that over the years and he um every once in a while pulls that little image out <laughs> just to have some fun <laughs> yeah I, I I asked him if you had any hidden talents and um he mentioned that Matt might might mention some hidden talents of Franchelle but he told me <laughs> he told me that um you know that your pageants were something that you you didn't talk about a lot but but I agree with you with um Talking about, you know, that being in front of people, speaking in front of people, uh, you know, learning how to be present on a stage. I mean, those are those are actually virtuous things, I think, that, you know, if we're going to proclaim Jesus to the world, you know, I mean, this is what you're doing now. It totally had some uh, preparatory <laughs> there's some you. stories there's some stories my first interview there was there was the funny story I I you know proclaimed to really want to love animals and be a vet and they they asked me this question about um a heart transplant and you know what well it was about animal testing I'm like oh I'm against animal testing no that's horrible like why would you you know I was in ninth grade and they said well recently there was a, a heart taken out of a baboon and put into a man as a heart transplant like if that proves fruitful would you still be against animal testing if it saves human beings' lives? I kid you not. This was my first interview. And I'm standing in heels, uh, probably the second time I'd worn heels in my life, with a panel of judges. And I'm like thinking, thinking, thinking. I'm like, how do I answer? And finally I said, did the baboon die? <laughs> they go, after the heart was taken out of the baboon, yes, it died. And I'm like, so they video it. And it was so funny that the guy gave it to my mom to watch. And she, I think Peter Pants laughed. And so it's family folklore of like my intelligence on. When they took the heart from the animal, did it live or die? They tried to like kind of, um, you know, maintain composure. And back then I was very South Arkansas. So if you think I have an accent, like it, it really came out like this. Did the baboon die? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's some good stories. And once I lost a heel in swimsuit competition, got stuck like in the stage, there was a crack and my heel got stuck. And I was like, kind of doing the pull, pull, like it's not coming out. And I, you know, what do you do? I kicked both my shoes off and finished the little competition barefoot. Um, so you do learn to think on your feet and then sometimes you just bomb. So <laughs> it is well, what it is. Well, I, I like that story. That's pretty good. We all have, we all have the, we all have those stories that just, you know, bring us, bring us uh, some humility for ourselves. So I've, enjoy I've got to our friends. friends. 
Yes. <laughs> and to our husbands. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so I do want to talk about a few other things before we get to your your fertility um, adoption journey here. Okay. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, well, it's kind of a two-step two, two uh, question. First, I want to hear more about for you personally, what, um, can you be more specific about your walks that you took with Franchelle? Like what, you know, you said this, this is something we talked about for a long time. And when you say, you know, sometimes God inspires things in people and then all of a sudden they, they maybe turn out a little different, maybe yeah. better, maybe just different. So what, what was it? What were you talking about? What, what did you want to do? How did you want to save the world? You know, what right. did, What's the story? Yeah, give us the details. When Fran and I first met, I had just lost my mom and her brother was sick. And so I think we had a lot of, I mean, it was cathartic for me. I would just unload it. <laughs> Poor Fran was, was such a um, generous ear and just always had such good conversations. And then as her, you know, as her brother um, would go through challenges, we would talk and, and we we prayed on our walk sometimes. We'd say a rosary. We'd say a you know a divine divine mercy chaplet, and um and then we just kind of talk about life. And it was as wide ranging as you can imagine our our talk. So it wasn't always just like this holy Catholic conversation. It was just friends, you know, mm -hmm. um, whatever was going on. But the one thing that we both sort of agreed on was that we loved EWTN. And that some of the programming, though, seemed outdated, you know, okay. we both and she was had lived in Alabama. So she was way more familiar with kind of the culture and, and was very complimentary and always said how awesome some of the programs were. And um, and I think Mother Angelica, if she were alive today and if I were her age, we would have been best friends because I think she's just hilarious and spunky and funny and um mm -hmm just a hoot and but some of their programming just always to me seemed like it missed the mark and I can never really put my finger on it um but it just it wasn't something that I was going to tune into and I'll say this when my when my mom was sick I would get up and I couldn't say a rosary on my own but I could turn on EWTN and and say a rosary with you know I forget who it was but some one of the priests would lead you through um the rosary and he would at each um at each mystery, he would be at the spot, you know, he would be in the Holy land. And so it was sort of, um, a contemplative type rosary, you know, um, and it was usually like 30 minutes long. It's not about the time. Um, <laughs> it's almost like you got two rosaries in really time wise. <laughs> you, got a, you got a little explanation on each mystery and in the history and, and you could see the, the spot where the, the, um, that particular mystery was, you know, referencing, but, other than that, like there was nothing for a young Catholic woman to me. Mm -hmm. um, it was really geared more towards um, my parents. Yeah. And my dad is a big supporter. He, he writes them checks. He does. He keeps them between his utility bill and his, you know, grocery bill. And so it, they have such a beautiful, um, a beautiful thing going on down there yeah. that I knew that I just always felt like there was something missing. And so come to find out Fran felt the same way. Um, and so we just talked about that, like, God, wouldn't it be awesome if there were just, you know, maybe women with good hairstyles and 
clothes that were still modest and, you know, just a fresh look, a fresh, um, just a fresh programming and things like that. And so we Mm -hmm. really just kind of talked that out for years. And as we would see something going on, maybe like in another faith community, like, God, why can't we do it like that? And there's so many things we do well, but there are some things that we have a lot of room to grow. And wouldn't it be awesome if we had a TV show and, and we had so-and-so and we could do a, you know, what was it, Fran, a, um, a wardrobe out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where you. Like what not you, to wear? What not to wear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. what if we did a makeover show with this yeah. kind of Catholic, you know, person or. Well, yeah. and I'll say this too, Trey, that we, you know, we saw very, very, very early on, like there was, there was this um, vacuum that, that EWTN specifically didn't like this vacuum of people. Like they had the teen life on the rock kind of teen, you know, very, exactly. Like you can't see that, but Tracy just did the thumbs down. Here's the deal. <laughs> I sat in the audience for life on the rock. When I was- <laughs> college <laughs> I'm cool to the life of the rock. live live it was fine but really it didn't translate that well and even and even you know th- those were back I guess it was back in the Jeff Cavins day but like even like as it progressed it just didn't level up in a way and then it and then as we got older there was this group like this young adult group the, the 20s and 30s that there was really nothing for like my parents loved EW2N and I could appreciate it for what it was but it was kind of like we wanted and we didn't say this like we were both involved in a um, young adult group that was just like burgeoning in the Diocese mm-hmm. of Little Rock called Terra Firma. Which Fran started. It used husband. to be, well, it used to be the Explorers. <laughs> it was the name of the group. And it was led by a, a priest, a good and holy priest who we were very good friends with. And he did an excellent job, but he was transferred out. And so when he was transferred out because there was no clergy and leadership, it just like died. And it became like a couple of weird guys and some, you know, faithful girls showing up at the Mexican restaurant once a month. It sounds like yeah. Boy Scouts. It, it sounds it was, kind of like yeah. a Boy Scout thing. And Explorers, exactly. It was yeah. weird. It was weird. And then again, when, when the, when the priest, you know, left the helm, it just, it wasn't anything good. And so when Matt and I were looking for a young adult group, when we moved to Little Rock for residency, there was nothing really there. And so we were like, well, let's do something different. And we don't like the name Explorers because it sounds like Boy Scouts. (laughs) And we're in a different, like, we're not exploring what faith, like we're adults. We're not exploring anymore. We are committed Catholics and yeah. we need something, you know, more, more firm, like terra firma, like firm <laughs> ground, like the man who builds his house on firm ground, it stands. That's who we want to be. And those are the yeah. people that we want to attract. And so we, we did kind of rebrand. I won't say start. We rebranded the young adult ministry and it just like, not because of us, but I think this was because we were offering meat and God was allowing people to feed off of the meat, not just the, you know, Mexican restaurant meat, but like we started to do real Bible studies. We started to do, um, we did Chris, our first, our first one was the good news about sex and marriage by Christopher West. And it was one of those experiences as a, as a group that we were like, man, this is life-changing information and it just grew from there and so that's kind of where Tracy and I you know we, we were neighbors but also we were both very active participants in the Terra Firma Young Adult Ministry and we were like this is the demographic that needs to be addressed in the media and it's yeah. it's being completely ignored because our grandparents are getting what they want our parents are getting what they want and they're trying to you know be cool for the teens we yeah. don't need you to be so and- cool but we would like for you <laughs> to be faithfully Catholic 
Exactly. Exactly. And I would I would even say they missed some of the cool mark on the teens as far as but but you're right. We, there was something very attractive about terra firma and people loved it and it was huge and there were a lot of young catholic singles and family members, you know, families, husbands and wives and and it was broken into, you know, men on one night, women on another night couples, you know, or men and women like co-ed. And so it was never, never, um, it was never like, I'm going to go to my thing and John, you'll sit at home. It was something that we could do together. And there were um, a lot of singles too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, um, just for married couples or just for, cause that you see those like kind of community groups, like this is going to be the, the married community group. And this is going to be the single community group. And there was none of that. It was just like, we're all going to be a community together. And subsequently, I think there were several terra firma marriages that that (laughs) came of it, um, which was kind of cute to watch some of that too. But we knew that there was something missing in Catholic media. And so we, that's, that's kind of the genesis really of, of where we started our conversation. And then it just sort of grew over over time yeah that's that's awesome i i totally agree with you (laughs) and saying that formation and um community and especially in the media it's um yeah we need to like just infuse it with with the goodness and i love i love what you're doing and i love that this has come to fruition. Um, it's so, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. God works kind of slow sometimes to us, (laughs) but it's really, really beautiful. So, um, so one thing, uh, one other thing I was going to, um, ask you about uh, more kind of personal is, um, and I'll give you the answer that your husband gave, uh, that for, for you in a minute, but, what do you think, um, you know, with this, this mission, uh, this like Catholic media, you know, mission in mind, what charisms or gifts do you feel like God has given to you that, um, that he's using right now? You know, like what, um, because, you know, I think a lot of people, first of all, don't identify their charisms or their gifts, right? And I think all of us, you know, are like, maybe this, maybe that. Um, but um, I was I actually taught a class a few nights ago on charisms, and the kind of key thing that I loved about it was your charism actually is something that other people notice. It's something that gives you energy, and it's something that you do kind of supernaturally where you're like, yeah, I'm kind of good at that, but then when you kind of get into your mission or your ministry, you're like really good at that. You know, and so what do you, <laughs> uh, what do you think, what gifts that God gave you, like, are you, do you feel like you're able to use in this ministry? Um, that is a great question. I'll say a couple things. A friend told me years ago that if you have a burning desire that keeps coming back, even if you try and, you know, focus on something in your life, that's really the voice of God. So that's God putting like an impression on your heart. I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I always, in hindsight, have always wanted to be in the medical field. And I've always wanted to take Catholic lifestyle to the next level. And um, 
so for years and years, but then I thought, okay, now I'm a mom. I got to focus on being a mom, you know, but I always had that in my heart. So I am a mom and now I'm focusing on, you know, school and I'm focusing on this ministry. And I will say that I don't know what my charism is, but I can tell you that the Lord has made me a dreamer, a big dreamer. And he's made me, um, I mean, I think I'm probably a, a r- relatively optimistic person. Um, to me, the, the glass is always half full. Like, okay, there's a challenge. We're going to, we're going to go past it. I'm not worried about it. We're going to, you know, I'm probably not really a realist. I'm more of a dreamer and like, we got this, we're going to do it. I push forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a charism, <laughs> but it seems to have served, um, served us well and served just, you know, our family well. Um, so I don't know, Fran, what, yeah. Fran, what's my charism? Hmm. That's a really, that, that, <laughs> well, no, I think that, um, I think that you are a nurturer. I think that, um, you do not let people fail. Um, you build community, you build people up around you. Um, you, you are constructive, um, I mean, those are, those are the things that I can see in you that stand out far, far beyond other things. Like, you know, I feel like your, your interests are secondary to what you do for people. And you, you are always, you, you are, you are always constructive. You are always encouraging. You are always nurturing. And so I think that, um, that in, in my mind, those would fall into, um, you know, gifts that you have, um, you know, you I don't know, like in terms of like gifts of uh, the Holy Spirit. I mean, I guess those aren't really, you know what, Christy, you talked about yeah, charisms. Why don't you tell us like what, because I mean, in my mind, charisms are gifts, correct? Right. Yeah. And so I could go through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and say, you know, which ones I think that, that, you know, Tracy has like understanding would be a huge one that, that life has given you so many experiences that you are able to nurture people through your own capacity to, to understand where they are. Um, that, that's a gift of the Holy spirit for sure. Yeah. But Christy, could you jump in just on, on what you mean by charism? Cause I think you're being very specific. Yeah. So, I mean, so the gifts of the Holy spirit, they can overlap with charisms, but charism is, is, you know, the gift that you were given by God to give away, right? So it's like something that kind of comes out of you that people like notice it and you are exceptionally well at it. So like, I mean, honestly, what I hear both of you saying, and then I'll tell you what your husband said in a minute is like, (laughs) is like leadership, you know, leadership. And then, you know, this, this word, um, this word that I'm about to use, people sometimes are like, oh, but, but when I say it, I mean, prophetic, meaning like you said, mm-hmm. you're a dreamer, like you, you can envision what yeah. God wants. And then your kind of leadership, you know, can take, take you there, you know, can, yeah. can get people there. Um, and what your husband said, he said, um, which this is also a charism, which is a deep faith. Mm-hmm. So like deep, he said, deep and abiding faith in Christ. Like this has always been her first priority and in her relationship with God and her relationship with others. He talked a lot about your friendships and in your family. He said, you are unshakable and steady. And I think that's what Franchella is saying. <laughs> is, <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> is that, um, that steadiness, you know, that, that unshakable, um, you can, you can, 
you can be a reliable leader to, to, to do this, you know? And I think that's an important thing about y'all's mission is that you, you know, are able to recognize that this is, these are gifts from God, you know, that he's using, um, for, for goodness. So I just, I'm super interested in people's charism. (laughs) Well, so you, you mentioned, I did see when we texted, you said, I'm going to ask you about your charism. So I like got online, you know, last night I'm like, okay, what is my charism? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And so I read through it and that was the one thing that I couldn't, I guess I couldn't really put my finger on. I mean, I know who I am and I know what I'm passionate about and I know what, um, I feel like I said earlier, I feel like the Lord has really just put on my heart and it, it doesn't falter. It doesn't it go away. So I know it's from him. And, but is that a charism? I don't know. Like, I don't know how to interpret it. So I love how you interpreted that. Um, Cause like you said, when I read, you know, pro- prophecy and I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so that, that's really interesting. We yeah. might have to have a whole other conversation on that. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Let's, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Can we sign Christy up? Can you um, sign your name <laughs> on the line for another for another episode just on charisms? Because I think that's so fascinating and something that people um, just in general don't think a lot about. Because again, it seems very like almost super self-reflective. Like, right. oh, I don't want to be, oh, yes. I congratulate myself on being noticed for this thing. But it's important because that shows how you can serve the church and serve God. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and recognizing and naming who God made you mm-hmm. and what he gave you is actually an act of humility, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, um, your sound guy, John Carswell, uh, <laughs> helped put on a big uh, charism um, uh, conference at St. Philip's from the Siena Institute. So he is also a good source for for that. But there are... Are you um, trying to get out of this? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> she's, she's making it fully rounded out and it's turning out perfectly. <laughs> Um, but he does a lot on it too. Anyway, I, um, uh, but I, um, I think it's really important to see, you know, for people to, to recognize that in themselves. So, yeah, I've never really thought about it until, until we started talking about this interview coming up. So I think there's so much more to, to learn about your, myself, you know, we, we learn about ourselves. And like you said, it is, it's nice to be able to kind of narrow down, like, here's my gift. Here is my gift. Cause I, I do have a problem of being like, I want to do it all. Like, you know, I want to, there's so many things I have like in my mind all the time that I want to do and, and realizing what maybe is, is just my imagination and what really is from the Lord is probably very helpful, healthy exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is, um, that is good. I also wrote down here, which um, I'll just mention this and then if, and then, I would love for you to share your your journey with us about adoption. Um, But um, I did want to mention, and I think, uh, and this is uh, kind of from your husband too, that this friendship with Franchelle, this duo that we have here, um, is really, um, you know, even though I don't think you guys can uh, necessarily – maybe have pinpointed or seen it, it's another like representation of living out your faith, right? So you're letting people see friendship. So just tell me about friendship, you know, tell me about your friendship with Franchelle. Like, I mean, I know you talked about your walks, but, um, you know, what, um, how is friendship uh, and community, how is that something that 
um, has kind of grown this mission of Bellator. I think when you move as much as, and I haven't moved a ton, it's not like John's in the army, but we, we kind of have a five-year trajectory. Every five years we're with work and just kind of career things, we move a lot. And so when we moved from DC to Arkansas, again, my mom had just passed away. And so I was not really in the most, you know, healthy place. I was devastated and really grieving. And so finding Terra Firma at our parish was such a breath of fresh air. And I had really awesome college girlfriends and not one of them's Catholic, but they, I mean, even this morning, we're all praying for one of our friend's dad who's going in for a procedure this morning. They're very faithful friends. They're awesome Christian friends. And they've been just, you know, such a source of strength for me. But I knew that bringing a husband to Arkansas who is not from Arkansas, he would need some friends too. And he's not a hunter. He's not a fisherman. He's not, I mean, he likes to play golf. He's from Arizona <laughs> and, and went to Arizona state university. And so he couldn't talk about Razorback football and he loves sports, but he just wasn't in that, you know, um, that group um, and didn't have the history of being kind of born and bred and, and gone to the U of A like I did. And, you know, I had a big family in Arkansas and he didn't, um, he had my family obviously. So I knew that for him to be happy, we were going to need to find some friends as a couple. And so we did, we, we joined Terra Pharma and started, started going to Terra Pharma, got to know Fran and we started our walks, our infamous walks. And I said to Fran one day on a walk, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Guys love, and it was when Bunko was real big. I said, you know, John's a good, John can play poker with, he lived way too close to Las Vegas in college. He can play poker, but I want something where we feel like we're, we're making friends together. You know, I have a ton of girlfriends, but I want friends together. And so I said, what if we did like a bridge club? We can play cards. It's like a, um, it's not just a girl's thing. It's not just a guy's thing. It's kind of a smart people thing. Um, Obviously, it's also an old people. <laughs> There's longevity. In there is longevity. And so she was like, do it. So we, we, we wanted it to be um, really people that live close together. You know, I didn't, uh, just because that made sense. Like, let, let's find people that live kind of close in a neighborhood, that all go to our church, that um, we can share. And it, as it turns out, a lot of people are not from Arkansas that are in that, you know, the original Bridge Club members. Like, um there, there are some Arkansans, obviously, but quite a few, which I think was really uh, a breath of fresh air for John. There were people from Alabama. There were people, you know, from just different states that could kind of relate. And, you know, we're choosing to make Arkansas their home. And um, that just grew to such a beautiful um, community. I mean, I cannot tell you how refreshing it was for us to have that, um, during that time. And that's when we kind of were starting to have, you know, realizing we had infertility, um, issues. And so just to have that, that safety net accountability really with the church and church teaching, um, was awesome for us. And again, we've moved to Colorado. We're now in Arizona and we still consider, you know, these, especially as far as couple, um, as our, you know, closest friends in the world. Um, and so I think what you see from Fran and I is just really an extension of like our whole community. Um, all of, we have great friends um, in our, you know, church community. And then I'm so fortunate that I have 
really good friends from college and I've got my childhood best friend and, um, my husband threw me a birthday party for my 40th. And when I was writing thank you letters, I think I started every single thank you note with, I have to be the luckiest girl I know because for whatever reason, the Lord blessed me with just some awesome friends who have really been loyal. They stuck with me. They have prayed for me. They've shown up when I needed them. And so I think, like I said, uh, Fran and I are obviously wonderful friends. Um, we've been doing this together and, and, but Fran for me is like that wise friend, <laughs> way wiser than me because I'm kind of the dreamer and she's prudent. She's thoughtful. She's level averse. She's level headed where I'm like totally the opposite. Um, but to this day I'll say like, Fran, what about, you know, because again, I lost my mother. Fran can cook. She like has the answers to life. <laughs> so I'll send her a message like, hey, uh, I don't know. What was the most recent one I said? I think about invitation. the graduation announcement. <laughs> I'm like, do I have to do formal and informal with the two envelopes? And she's like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I knew that. <laughs> do I have to do formal and informal? I'm like, can That's I just good. leave it blank? She was like, I'm sure I've seen some people that have left them blank, but I do. And I'm like, ah, that's what I needed to hear. So gentle. Yes. Yes. She's, she's such a, um, a good friend. So, yeah. But I think it just comes from being really, really fortunate in the friendship. Yeah. Really. Well, we, we, um, we as contributors and we as, uh, you know, the Catholic world and Christian world and listeners uh, to this podcast, like, we see um, your both of your values and community and friendship, and it's overflowing. You know, it's overflowing into this this uh, mission with um, your value and community. So, well, I wanted to add one little thing about Tracy as well, just because this seems like the right time to do it. Is um, refer, referring back to her big birthday bash. Um, what was so beautiful. An unexpected, like an unexpected revelation that came of that is um, her husband brought together childhood friends, uh, high school friends, college friends, people that she met when she was, you know, working in D.C. And then all of our Little Rock friends. And, and we're like, you know, like 50 people, many of us who had never even met each other ever before. And we realized so quickly that. Tracy keeps her friends. Like when she makes friends, they are, they are deeply rooted and, and she keeps them. And, and that is a special thing. Like it's not really, it's so interesting that she was the gravitational pull and, and it all made sense when we met all of each other and we started to share stories about Tracy specifically, we were like, well, of course you're friends with her. Mm-hmm. And there's never ever a sense of jealousy about her other friends because she's so deeply invested in every single one of them that you're like, of course she's your friend. Of course, this just <laughs> makes sense. So I, I just wanted to add that that little bit too. That's so she sweet. would never say that about herself. She might not even know that about herself. Well, mm. I will. I remember you did say, and it was so, I thought it was funny because I, clearly I talk about my friends a lot and Fran was like, I could look at so-and-so and go, Yep. Now I know exactly what you were saying about her, or, you know, just like, like my friend Sarah Beth, she is my fashion kind of icon. If I need any um, fashion helper and she always has funny stories. And so I probably talk about her a lot. <laughs> and Fran was like, okay, I've put it all together now on her and her and her. And um, so it was fun. And you know what? Everyone got along so well. Like it was 
like you said, nobody really knew each other. And it was like, everyone was one big family the Mm -hmm. whole time. Like there were no weird Mm -hmm. things going on. I mean, it was just like, just fun. Everyone was so much fun. So, but, and like I said, I have to be the luckiest person I know because it was, it was an awesome birthday, but it was just perfect to have all my, my dearest people that I love in one place. So. Okay. Well, before we run out of time, we want to, we want to hear, um, you know, just anything you'd be willing to share about, about your, your journey to adoption. I I heard you mention, you know, on one of the podcasts, Oh, my girls who I adopted. And I'm like, I want to know this. I just, I just, uh, went through of watching my sister-in-law foster and adopt over the past few years. And it, it was really a beautiful journey. So tell us, tell us what you, um, so we were married in 2007 and immediately we were like, okay, we want a big family. So we're not young spring chickens. If we want a big family, we better, you know, start ASAP. And we did the NFP classes, um, in Virginia. And that was the, our plan. It was going to be simple. We were going to have lots of babies. It was going to be wonderful. And that just was not the Lord's plan. And I, and I've said many times that the Lord knows what he's doing when he, when he presents infertility crosses with couples who want children, because there are children that need families. And we, I mean, I can't imagine my life without my children. Um, and so after trying, you know, and unsuccessfully, uh, unsuccessfully trying to, to start a family, um, biologically, we just sort of took a break and, um, really prayed about it and talked about it. And we looked at kind of what our options are and we really wanted to stay in church teaching. And that's really, really hard. Um, you know, when you, when you just desire that. And in the meantime, we were kind of moving a lot. Well, not moving a lot. We were, we had sold our home and we were living in our lake house and which is in another County. And so we were looking at, um, the call, which is called children of Arkansas love for a lifetime. And it's a really awesome ministry, um, that pairs up foster families who, you know, have the potential to adopt. And, but because, but they were all kind of County specific. So it was like, just kind of roadblocks kept happening with that. Like we finally sold our house. So we, you know, couldn't, couldn't go to those meetings in that County and then blah, blah, blah. And then there's not a, there's not, um, an organization in the next county we were living in and stuff like that. And um, in the meantime, a a childhood friend I saw had, um, had met some precious girls through a ministry called new horizons for children. And it's, it's a ministry that brings children um, to the States. It's kind of like a missionary trip, but the mission comes to you. Um, And so they were able to host these, these little girls from Latvia for the summer. And then long story short, they ended up adopting them. And I, we just followed their story and I was like, that is awesome. And so long story short, we were like, got nothing to look like, <laughs> don't have anything to lose. Let's try it. And, um, and maybe it leads to adoption and maybe it doesn't because it's not an adoption program. Like they make that mm-hmm. very clear. It's a, it's a hosting ministry. It is, you know, we take the kids to get their teeth cleaned and eye doctor and, you know, things like that. Um, and not all the kids are available for adoption. You know, some might, um, might, you know, still have family members or for whatever reason, their situation is just such that they aren't living at home, you know? 
And so we met our girls in, gosh, it was Christmas of 2013. We, we, they came and spent Christmas with us. And I mean, we fell in love in the airport, like done, done, um, which we, I wasn't surprised, but it was kind of surreal, you know, when you wait that long. Um, they were 5, 10, and 12, um, biological sisters, and just really precious. And so we had just an epic, you know, Christmas with them, and we, we um, spent Christmas in Vail. So we lived in, we were living in Colorado, like the Denver Metro. So we went up to Vail and bless their hearts. <laughs> they, um, that we did everything but ski. So, cause they didn't speak English really at all. And so, um, we ice skated, we swam, we tubed, we did everything really but ski. Cause I thought. Didn't you do the dog sledding? We dog sledded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did everything. <laughs> I forgot that. That was cold. <laughs> so cold. Um, but it was really, really fun. And I'm telling you, putting those children back on an airplane when you didn't know if you would see them again was one of the hardest things we've ever done. And, um, we were asked if we would be interested in adoption, if that was a possibility. And we said, um, yeah. And lo and behold, it became a possibility pretty quickly after they went back, which again, it's kind of unheard of because it's normally like there's a lot of steps and processes for, for that sort of thing. And, um, so we started the process to adopt them and we were hoping we'd get them pretty quickly, but summer came and we were not able to adopt them yet. So we brought them back for another hosting that summer and just to really, you know, ruin them, we took them to Disney world (laughs) and and had just an awesome um, summer with them. And, you know, again, you're double downing on like falling in love with them even, you know, even more. And um, when they were in Latvia, they would call us on Skype. And of course they're little, they were five, 10 and 12. So they didn't know time changes. (laughs) So it was always in the middle of the night, almost every day. Um, but we wouldn't have changed it for the, for the world. But there was a lot of like stumbling around, getting the lights on, making sure we were decent, you know, <laughs> like, hang on just a second, you know. Um, but it was so cute to hear them. And, and the older two, their English was starting to, it was very broken, but they were starting to kind of figure out English. And so we got the phone call that we had a court date for, um, I think it was, early December. So we left on a November 30th and flew to Latvia and, um, the whole adoption story like that would take probably an hour. Cause it's just, if you travel with John and I, crazy things usually happen. And this was no exception. Like Lufthansa went on strike and which was of course the airline we were flying on. We had a car wreck with a Russian oil guy. That was special. Um, <laughs> we had, we, we had, cause their little village was on the Russian border. So we, there were a lot of, um, kind of rabble rousers that would cross the border, um, from Russia. And so apparently the Latvia military were like any new person in the town, they would come and like ask for your passports. So we your had special that, papers, your special papers. That was, that was the car. Run. But yeah. We have this like knock on the door, like right when we checked into our hotel and, and he's like passport. I don't think he said passport. I'm not sure what he said. Probably papers, special papers. And I was, what I do when I get nervous is I get really crazy. And I'm like, hey, and <laughs> he giggled. And then he pulled his face back like she is crazy. And, uh, but he took, they took our passports and like kind of went into the hotel and called in our numbers. In hindsight, I didn't realize it was a lot. And I just thought it was 
maybe a Russian. I didn't know who it was. And but you know, you're always told like don't give your passport away. And of course, we gave our passports away. And um, in the meantime, I'm like texting the attorney like, oh my gosh, you know, guy in a uniform's got my passport. And um, she was like, I've never heard of this, you know. And I'm like, thanks. Of course not. Of course not. Um, as it turns out, he was just apparently they had been starting this um, checking people and and restaurants and hotels and stuff kind of on the border villages. So long story short, we got our girls and we got them home in time for Christmas. Um, so basically a year to the date that we met them, they were, they were in our guardianship. We weren't finalized until that summer because it takes a long time. And so there were two more trips back and forth. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a smooth road, but it was, you know, bumpy because it's an international adoption and that's just kind of how that goes. Um, but the, God, they're so resilient. Kids are so resilient. My youngest didn't speak a word of English. So she kind of pointed and giggled and, and cried when she was frustrated. And, um, and then once she kind of learned English, I don't think she stopped talking yet. Um, she's, she's chatty. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what all your temper tantrums were over when you were five you could she could not get her words out because she couldn't speak English um, but now she sounds like she's from you know Southern California and you would not even hear a Russian accent from the little one the older two still are fluent in Russian and um, you know still have an accent to some degree um, but yeah so they're Eddie's now and they they just took off like rocket ships really so we're so blessed Wow. And I've seen pictures of them and they are beautiful. They, they actually look like your biological children, actually, which happens a lot with adoptions, I feel like. Um, but they are gorgeous. I mean, they're gorgeous. One um, one memory that I have is we traveled a lot early on um, because, oh, that's another special thing that we knew about, but just warning, if you're adopting um, from international, you until it's final, they can't go to school. So you kind of sign up for homeschooling. So we signed up for homeschooling three kids who didn't speak English and we needed to make sure they were grade level ready. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. Um, but we had the freedom to kind of travel. So we, you know, came to Arizona in the winter because we can only take so much winter and um, we could come see, you know, friends and family and we could take long beach vacations, which was awesome. Um, but one time we were on a plane and we were getting off and John was in the front and the three girls were in the middle and I was kind of, you know, the caboose and the flight attendant said, well, don't you just have a bunch of little mini me's? And I literally was like, ah! I mean, tears because Aww. that's what you want. You want, you know, um, that's what moms desire or to have, you know, children that, um, you can kind of form and rear. And, um, of course so she didn't know, and one of the kids time turned around and just smiled real big at me, you know, because they knew that I would just think that was the, the best. Um, so, yeah, they do. I think part of it, I'm Eastern European, too. So there is a little bit of um, some facial structures, I think, that's probably just Latvian, Lithuanian neighbors, you know. Um, and I have cousins. My dad's family had, you know, family in Latvia. So I think... We keep saying we, maybe we are related. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. No, I don't know. But yeah, it's mm -hmm. awesome. You know what? Um, adoption is such a gift. I don't, we, we have, we're pretty open. We've been, we try to adopt another little guy who's been in our life for a couple of years. And um, 
international adoption is not for the faint of heart. They kind of change their rules every six months. And depending on where you are, your adoption could fall through. Or So we've it, it's been a huge roller coaster ride. We probably would have adopted quite a few more, actually, mm-hmm. if, if that situation had worked out a little bit more smoothly. Um, but again, I think the Lord knows what you need and he knows, um, he knows your family size before you do. And anytime you go through adoption, um, training or home study, it's always like the question I've, I've had in every home study, home study update that we've done is what's your perfect family size? Like if you see, if you see your, your family photo on a wall, how many children are in it? And I've always said like, I don't know, I don't (laughs) have a perfect family size, you know, um, that's just, to me, that's putting the cart before the horse. Like, I, I don't know what the perfect family size is going to be. It may be the five of us. It may be 10 of us. I, I can't tell you. Um, and we've, like I said, we've tried and, and for whatever reason, it just, uh, hasn't worked, even though we still talk to our little guy all the time, um, on the phone. He's in, he's in Latvia also. Um, but I just, he probably will not be an Eddie, but he will always be our son, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he'll just be living with another <laughs> in another country. <laughs> yeah. So. That is beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, I think a lot of people need to hear that story and, um, I, I, yeah, thank you for being willing to share it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a gift and it's been the greatest blessing in, you know, our family life. And so, um, I think that, we're big advocates and we're big proponents and um, there's definitely a lot of challenges, but I think that's just parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about your, in the middle of the night Skype calls you were getting from them. And I was thinking, well, I mean, you know, you skipped the, the middle of the night uh, nursing. So that yeah. was your, that was your, <laughs> your trade off. Oh, our kids slept with us for like a year. Oh. All three so there, there was all five of us. So we, we yeah. had more than our fair share of like no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> There's always trade off night tears. Um, because we, we went through some of that, you know, I mean, yeah. it comes with different challenges, but I think it all kind of, I don't think parenting one way or the other is easier or harder. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's yeah. challenges that are different, but yes, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. That I'll, I'll just trade offs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank well, you for, thank you for having me to, uh, is- get to chat with you because this is a huge, uh, gift to me and a huge, uh, it was super fun. I, I loved getting to know you. Yeah. So thank you. you. Are so sweet. We, well, we have loved you. I know Fran says, Christy knows everyone and because every time she's like, well, Christy suggested or Christy thought or (laughs) (laughs) so you're a gift to the Bellator Society and we love having you as a contributor and we love having you on our podcasts and um, this live stream is so fun and I, if all goes as planned, I think we're doing this next week with Fran, right? Sure. Yes. Yes. Can't wait. God willing and the creek don't rise or Corona does something. Um, Yes. Please no Corona. So now, um, Christy, we'll turn the tables on you because you know, you've been on our podcast before that we do our last little bit because as you can see, we are chatting. Can't stop it. Can't stop this. Somebody has to just like pull the plug on us eventually. (laughs) So we we're trying to give ourselves like a lot, one last thing and then you're done. Like no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you came prepared. 
One last thing. Let's see here. You know, um, I'll just say um, my family, we watched um, The Faces of Mercy. It was provided by our diocese um, for us, and we were a little hesitant about whether or not, you know, it would be appropriate for our kids' ages. Um, but we all sat and watched it, minus my two-year-old, who we put to bed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. It talked about St. Maria Faustina's story. It talked about... Um, St. John Paul II and how he used to go pray in her, the chapel, you know, at her convent. I mean, it, the whole story about divine mercy and just kind of how it unfolded. And then it gave specific examples of people um, who had to forgive. And I mean, it was intense, you know, it was intense. Some of the, the things about, you know, one of the woman's husbands, you know, being killed and, how she had forgiven um, his murder. I mean, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. These real life stories after unfolding the story of Maria Faustina. I mean, so I think that would be my one thing. My kids left that uh, even, you know, my 10 year old, my, my nine year old, they were like, that was so good, mom. Like that was so good. I love those stories. And I think that's, you know, talking about the saints and talking about people who are trying to emulate, em, emulate, how do you say that? Emulate saints. Um, that's where our kids' hearts grow, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, Patrick and I have really been like, all right, we got to find, we got to find more like this. We got to, we got to keep doing this. We got to keep, keep talking about the saints, reading about the saints, because this is, this is how saints are made, you know? Well, I, I totally agree. And I've always said that the saint stories are so much better than anything Hollywood can make up. And yes. so if you present mm-hmm. their stories well and in an attractive, appealing with good actors and good mm-hmm. quality. Oh my gosh. Like you can't, you, you can't come up with anything better than that. So where did you, what, um, where did you find this movie? You know, I'm, Was it- we received the link in an email from our parish. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look into that. I don't know if it said it was free for the Feast of Divine Mercy. So I don't know if it's a small fee to pay. I'm not sure. Oh. Do you know? I don't think there's a small, but I think maybe our diocese or maybe St. Philip paid um, for the the rights to disseminate it kind of like they do for formed, like all of like, yes. if your parish is a part of formed, they pay a fee, like a yearly fee. And then they are able to give everybody that code. I think it's kind of the same thing, um, okay. but I don't think it was through formed, but I could be wrong about that. Okay. Well, maybe okay. if, if it's something that we can share with everyone, we can put a link on the show notes if, if it's still available. Yeah. Cause it sounds like something I would love to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now that you toy teased us with that, yeah, Christy, we, <laughs> we, we want to be able to watch it. All right, Fran, do you have a last little bit? Sure. Um, I will just uh, do a little tease for next month, the month of May. We will be doing a new series. So this month, April, has been all things new. We're talking about, you know, a, a new a new dawn for Bellator Catholic Media, Bellator Society, and what we're doing new and, you know, trying to trying to make improvements and, and some little readjustments um, back to our original trajectory, which was, you know, a wider net, you know, including men and things like that. So we're just kind of 
following up that newness with a theme called male and female he created them since we've got new guys on board we kind of wanted to get their perspective on some things and we wanted to be able to contrast that because god did make us as male and female that being male and female is how we we reflect who god is being made in his image and there's something about maleness and femaleness that we can um we, we can look at and see the 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 the, the fingerprints of God. And we all have different experiences as male and female, as men and women in the world. And so we just kind of wanted to not be super controversial. There's plenty of controversies surrounding gender <laughs> right now. And we don't want to really go in that direction. We just want to celebrate the beauty of being a man or the beauty of being a woman and have people give testimony and reflection on those things. So I would just encourage everybody to stick with us during the month of May because we've got some wonderful reflections and some really, you know, great feast days coming up in May too. So um, just stick with us then because we've not only have it on the blog, but also we have some incredible guests coming for live streaming and podcasting too. So a lot, a lot on the horizon. May's going to be a good month. It's going to be it's a gonna good be month. Exciting. Okay. My last little bit, and I'm plugging myself, which feels a little awkward, but it is what it is. We at Bellator Society are, so we have, we have published a lot of blogs that have recipes in them. And so I'm like in the season of quarantine, when we're all sitting at home, I'm kind of thinking, you remember that movie, Julia and Julia, where yeah. the, the character's yeah. name is Julia and she cooks through Julia Child's cookbook. I'm like, Fran, let's cook through some of these recipes. And she's like, you should do that. <laughs> Just like we talked about. If you suggest yes, it, I, I think that's a great idea for you. <laughs> She has been a big encourager <laughs> for me to do this, but it, I, I, but I want to, so it's it's funny. But anyways, um, I did my first one. We filmed the first um, episode of what are we calling it? Table with Tracy. I love that. Yes, that it was your idea. So it was for the table, but oh. we can do away with the prepositional phrase. And table with Tracy <laughs> sounds really good, and there's alliteration there, so I like it. It's probably more than as much as my brain can handle. <laughs> So I, I cooked from um, Angela Green's blog when she when we did the love language blog, and hers was chocolate chip cookies. So the first one's going to be her grandmother's chocolate chip cookies. But we're I'm going to try and go through as many as I can. Each week um, we're going to release one, and so right now we're editing the first one, and it's hopefully going to be released next week. And then from that point on, you'll see one every every week, Lord willing. Um, and like you said earlier, in the creek don't rise. Um, I'm going to to work through some of these recipes and you're going to see me and all my not so great cooking glory, but it's going to be fun. Okay, y'all, I know we're going really long, but I do have a question because I've got a sneak peek of the video and it's super cute and she is the <laughs> most darling assistant you can imagine. So I highly encourage when we get that up, everyone to tune in, but I have a question about the recipe. Why are they so perfectly fluffy? Was there anything different or secretive to the recipe? Because a lot of my chocolate chip cookies get a little flat. I know. And I like Tate's chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I think they're fine, but they are really super flat. These yeah. are kind of fluffy. They are fluffy, and I don't know. Why? I don't know. Um, I actually saw on <laughs> Southern Living, they did these cookie cake bar things. Yeah. And I was like... That's basically exactly kind of it. like it. Yeah. They, they looked delicious. They had one or two more steps to like make theirs like that. Mine just, mine just did it. Um, but if you'll see on the pan as we're loading the pan, I'm thinking I'm going to have like a cookie pie because they're all going to met. I had no idea that they were going to hold up like they did. <laughs> um, I was afraid I was going to have a mess and 
I was very pleased that I did not, that they were still well formed, but they were, they were perfect. They were like kind of cupcakey cookies almost. They're beautiful they were, and they're really yeah. lovely looking. So anyway, that was my question. I just, I, I never did ask you that in real life. So I'm going to ask you that, you know, on a podcast. No, you are, you're the baker. So you would probably know better what I, what was in them, but I don't think All so. right. They were good. I love it. All right. Krista, well, you're a great interviewer. You're the best. Oh, thank Thanks. you. This is, this is like my dream come true from when I wanted to host my own talk show when I was 10, you know? <laughs> guess, guess what? This might be time. the first step, my friend. <laughs> come back well, anytime. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love hanging out with you. Both All of right. You. Thanks. Awesome. We love you too. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Have a good Bye. one. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.